listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hey everybody. You are listening to For Your Joy podcast presented by New King Church in South Burlington, Vermont. And we are continuing in this discussion on the idea of burnout and how we see it in our personal lives. Um, and this we feel like is really applicable to the goal that we're trying to accomplish with this podcast, which is to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. And burnout is definitely something that can be discouraging. It's definitely something mm-hmm. that is around our world. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of talked about in the first episode when we were defining it, a lot of people understand this idea because it's even broader than just, you know, Christian culture. People are starting to see this in a lot of different ways um, as depression is spiking and people are just exhausted mentally, physically. Um, They are beginning to recognize that burnout is a very real problem, but we know um, that at the root it is sinful. There is sin causing this um, burnout, and we are trying to dig into that. And we kind of got this working definition of burnout as a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual exhaustion. And this can be um, over a long period of time. It can be kind of habitual, something that we fall into a lot. Uh, Two kind of main areas that we see it. One is situational, whether you're dealing with uh, just like a long-suffering sickness or um, a tragic experience that uh, you are kind of recovering from these situations or, or something tough at work that is just ongoing that that feeds into this burnout in your personal experience but also it can be self-inflicted mm-hmm. as we are creatures of habit who just do way too much and we are bad at um, resting well and so with all those things we want to see how we can be refreshed by the Lord and um pull away from burnout so that we can experience life to the full, which is what Christ wants for us and what he offers um, us. And I took some time last episode to begin to define this, pull out some warning signs about um, if you might be experiencing this and trying to see um, ways that it plays out in your life. And so with this episode, what we're going to just start with is personal experience with burnout and how we've seen it play out in our own personal lives, um, just to give... uh, hopefully a, a really helpful example of what this might look like. Um, so mm. Ben, mm-hmm. how have you <laughs> experienced I've, burnout? I've never dealt with it. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me neither, <laughs> man, this is going to be tough. No. Um, I have habitually struggled with burnout, which is why this has been a topic that's been, uh, mm. important to me and that I, I come back to on a pretty habitual basis about, about every year the Lord Mm -hmm. brings me back to refreshing these commitments to try and avoid burnout, to try and heal from burnout. 
As someone um, who gets to hear about your personal life a lot, I can confirm that <laughs> it's at least yearly. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> that you brought you, that you brought brought back to these things. You have to hear about my personal life so much. I'm not. I'm not upset. It's an honor. Um, yeah. I mean, when I look back, um, you know, I I started out in ministry in my late twenties, planted first church without knowing what anything that I was doing. Um, you know, and, and also, um, that was a little over 10 years ago. And the topic of burnout was starting to be discussed, but I was not aware of it mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I'd not, it, it was not on my radar. And yeah. so it definitely wasn't being discussed at, as often, as frequently as it is now. And um, and so I, di- I didn't have a, a working understanding of, of what it was and, and how dangerous it was. And so um, in those first, in that planting of that first church, uh, I, I was trending toward burnout the whole time mm-hmm. and, and trying, I think what one way of describing how burnout happens is it's trying to live life at a pace that is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you or another way to put the you know, put it in a different way. Uh, it's trying to live beyond your limitations mm-hmm. as if those limitations didn't exist. And so, uh, f- so for me, the first, my first real like ministry, um, full-time ministry experience was planting that church and I was burning out the whole time and not realizing it until mm-hmm. I was kind of like, really crashing and yeah. burning out like um and that was affecting me that was affecting me spiritually that was affecting me you know morally obviously um that was affecting me physically that was mm. affecting my joy tremendously um and so so that was my kind of my first uh experience with burnout and um learned some things started to understand what burnout was eventually coming across some some things on that, but, but even since then, um, it is something that I am always, I feel like I am battling at least yearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not multiple times a year, I am, I start to kind of slip mm-hmm. back into it and praise the Lord. He's, he's teaching me and, and I am starting to recognize those lights on the dashboard when they, yeah. when they turn on. Yeah. And so I do, uh, I, I believe I self, I course correct a little bit quicker now yeah. than I did, but mm-hmm. man, I'd be, I'd be such a hypocrite and a liar if I said, I got this thing figured out and yeah. it's not a struggle anymore. God, mm-hmm. I'm str- you know, like I was saying in the, in the first episode, um, this is back fresh on my mind and my heart because I recognize I was going into burnout over the last few months. Yeah. So I guess what would you say, you know, whether it was with, you know, planting that first church, um, 10 years ago or so, or ways that you see it now, what would you say, maybe give two, maybe three, um, really practical things that feed into your burnout, Mm -hmm. you know, that you've been able to recognize, Oh, I'm going there. These are two things that like, ah, I'm doing those again and they're feeding into burnout. What would you say some of those would be? Man, the two that come, come up immediately are that I am 
not prioritizing rest, mm-hmm. which which usually gets which usually means that, that I'm not I don't have a weekly Sabbath that I am uh, protecting. Mm-hmm. It means that I'm not ever trying to unplug and get away for a little bit of space, even if a half day. I'm it. Uh, it, and it means that when I'm resting, I'm not resting well, that like my mind isn't shutting off. My phone isn't getting turned off, that kind of thing. So I'm not prioritizing rest, number one. And number two, I'm not saying no to anything. Yeah. And when those two, when I see burnout starting to happen, those are always like two big things that I can immediately go to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those seem to feed each other. Absolutely. Because if you just constantly are saying yes, doing everything that is put in front of you, you're not going to have any time for rest. Absolutely. It's not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not going to kind of belabor the personal experience. We want to get into some biblical examples, but I would just say for, for myself, um, you know, I, I really saw it play out, you know, for me, right when I first got married, uh, when I started to see that there was someone else, you know, that, uh, that my time affected, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so easy. Uh, I think in today's day and age, even within, you know, ministry culture to just be like, Oh, well more work is good. Right. Like I should, you know, I can stay later and I can, if there's things that need to get done, you know, I'll stay working until six, seven mm-hmm. just because it's important. Right. You know, and especially as I think about, you know, ministry, I'm like, this is the Lord's work, you know, and, and, but the Lord has not ordained me to neglect my family, you know, yeah. and, and, and you have to be able to, um, prioritize correctly in the way that, um, your time is spent. And, and so for me, burnout really looked like, uh, I did not prioritize, uh, my marriage. I did not prioritize, um, my friendships and I would just fill time with things that I thought may be practical or, or maybe, uh, right. But in the end they were kind of, like you said, taking away from rest. They were taking away from, uh, the responsibilities that were more important, um, than what I thought was right. And so that's how I've seen it. I uh, think that brings up a really important thing just to make note of for people who are in ministry yeah. that are listening to this is that I do think there are some um, unique challenges to ministry. And it's not to say that there are not unique challenges to other fields of work. Yeah. Right. But um, there are some unique challenges to ministry. I think the fact that everything you do feels as though it is eternally significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah makes it very hard to say no. Yeah. Right. And so there, that, that's a real challenge. Like for us in, in ministry is even, even to go to somebody's house that invited you over can feel eternally significant because as in, you know, as a pastor, you see opportunity to encourage and to build up their faith. It's not ever just like, so that's, so that's one thing. And then another thing is, so there's not clear boundaries on your work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Every, there's not clear, necessarily clear work hours. Uh, work can spill over into any day of the week and any hour of the day. Yeah. And then a third thing is sometimes, especially for lead pastors, it feels there's no boss over you to sort of say like, 
the job is done or not done. Yeah. Um, or to kind of give you that like pat on the back or that affirmation that that was accomplished or completed. Mm -hmm. And so you're always wondering, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Have I done enough? Yeah. Um, and I think that those are unique challenges, uh, for people in ministry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when I think about those, you know, listening who are not in ministry, I just assume that most of you are believers. Mm -hmm. And so I think it reminds me of this, the idea that we talked about one of the plumb lines of new King, the idea of simplicity, mm -hmm. right? And even if you're not in ministry, there's, there's always more things that, are related to the church or, you know, related to eternal significance, whether that's another Bible study, you know, and, and if you fill your time with those things, even if each one, even if there's value in each one, collectively they're taking away from rest, mm -hmm. which as we see in the example of Christ, you know, is so crucial and it's mm -hmm. so helpful to the way that we can uh, nourish our walk with Christ. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, that is uniquely tough to, to say no to things that feel, you know, godly mm -hmm. um, because because where do we draw the line? Mm -hmm. um, so we just have to discern and, and seek the Lord about those things. Mm -hmm. And not be afraid. And, and, and it, as we seek the Lord, know that he does not want, it, it want or expect us to say yes to every single mm -hmm. opportunity that comes to us. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a really cool example of burnout that we see in scripture uh, with the person of Elijah in uh, first Kings. And so Ben, um, let's hear that story. Yeah, man, I love this story. Um, the story is in first Kings and it really starts in chapter 17 where Elijah um, prophesies that there's going to be no rain or even dew um, until he gives the word. And so that begins a drought, a famine. Mm. And um, during that famine, uh, it, it lasts for three years. The Lord takes care of him, protects him, and provides for him in unique ways, whether it's through um, birds bringing him food mm -hmm. or a widow that seemingly has no food. Um the Lord provides for her so that she can provide for him yeah. and just really cool. Um, he, it's, it's a season of slowness for him, mm -hmm. right? You're talking about three years where he's not doing any big upfront ministry. He's not yeah. giving prophetic words. He's not anointing anybody. He's, mm -hmm. he's literally living in the wilderness or he's living in a widow's home yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so it's a season of slowness for three years. And then um, his burnout comes, and I, and I think his burnout is largely situational. If we're going to look at it and say, was this situational or self-inflicted? I think largely situational, but maybe some of it was self-inflicted. Maybe yeah. there was some different... Maybe not the right mindset. Maybe the, not the right mindset. Maybe he could have had a different perspective going into mm -hmm. this, but... So in the third year, in chapter 18 of First Kings, um, the, the word of the Lord comes to Elijah, and, and the Lord tells him, go and show yourself to King Ahab, and I'll send rain upon the earth. And <clears throat> so then that, that, that begins his season of busyness. So he's mm -hmm. got to go yeah. somewhere now. So he's got a mission. So he's got to go on a journey. 
Um, and he goes on this journey, and then he has a meeting. He's got a meeting with Obadiah, and he's has a conversation with Obadiah, who well, I can't get into all the details there, but basically, um, now what you're what you see with Elijah is over this p- period of three years, uh, Jezebel, who's basically controlling Ahab, uh, this Baal worshiping evil woman, she's destroying all of the prophets of the Lord. She's mm-hmm. trying to hunt down every single prophet of the Lord and kill them. And nobody has a bigger bounty on their head than Elijah because Elijah's the lead prophet, the head prophet, yeah. and he's the guy who, in in everybody's mind, like is the cause of this whole drought and yeah. this famine, right? Mm-hmm. And so now Elijah is, not only is he going from a season of slowness into busyness, he's going from a s- season of obscurity into back into the public um, eye, right? And, and yeah. he's back out where he's in danger. So he, he so he goes on this journey, has a meeting with Obadiah, then he has another meeting with Ahab, and he confronts Ahab. He shows boldness in 1 Kings 18. Uh, Ahab says, is it you, you troubler of Israel? Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Mm. Um, and then he gives a command to, the, to Ahab, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table, right? And so mm-hmm. he's got, like, boldness and strength and courage, and he and and he's um, making, he's laying down conditions and commands. This is how it's going to go, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so that sets the stage for this great showdown, right, um, before all of Israel, where he now, he now, so now he's had, Two meetings, a journey that he's had to travel, and now a big public ministry, um, what should we call it, experience? Yeah, display. Display, okay. <clears throat> and he addresses the whole nation of Israel first, right? So now he's preaching a sermon, and, yeah. he's, and he's telling them, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? Mm-hmm. If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And um, we can assume probably his sermon was a little bit longer than that, but that's yeah. the summary of it, right? Yeah. And, um, and then we see this statement that he makes that's going to come back a little bit later. He says, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord. Mm. So make note of that, because that's important that he said that. But that's something that he's thinking. I'm the only one left of the prophets yeah. of the Lord. So then comes the showdown. Big, um, he the big test. We're gonna see which God is God. If it's Baal, fine, follow him. If it's mm-hmm. God, follow him. And the test is which God will send fire down to consume the sacrifice. And so he lets all the prophets of Baal and the Asherah go first. And they set up a sacrifice and they start calling on Baal for fire to come. No fire comes, right? The whole day goes by. Mm-hmm. He's mocking them. Yeah. What's wrong with your God? Is he off relieving himself? Is he taking a nap? You know, yeah. maybe you're not yelling loud enough. <laughs> and, and so we see all this energy and courage and boldness in, in Elijah. But then, <clears throat> so now he's had a journey, two meetings, a, a sermon. Now he's got to build something, right? So yeah. he rebuilds the altar of the Lord, made up these big 
these big stones. So he's, he's moving stones around. He's digging a trench around the thing. He's putting wood on it. He's, now he's got to slaughter a bull. That takes a good bit of energy and strength, <laughs> yeah. right? So he slaughters a bull. He lays the pieces of the bull on the altar. And now he begins this very, very spiritual um, pouring out, crying out to God. God, yeah. show yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so he's, he's expended a lot of mental energy, a lot of physical energy, and now he's expending a lot of spiritual energy, crying out to God, and God sends fire, right? Mm-hmm. And fire comes down from heaven, doesn't just consume. Oh, wait, I forgot the part that he pours water, right? Three <laughs> yeah. jars of water uh-huh. all over the sacrifice, soaks the whole thing until the ditch is filled with water. So then um, fire comes down from heaven, consumes not only the sacrifice, but consumes the wood, consumes the stones, and all of the water is dried up. So like the whole altar is gone, the yeah. fire is so hot. And and that's the mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. right? And it says, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, or Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. And Elijah says, seize the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. And so now, I know this is a long story, but <laughs> this a lot leads up to his, his burnout. Yeah. Well, now he, um, he begins to pray. Now he's, he's done all this. Now he has a prayer meeting. So he's he spills more out. He pours more out spiritually, and he begins to pray for rain because he's got this promise from the Lord yeah. um, that that it's going to rain. And he prays seven times. He's praying, pouring out his soul to God mm-hmm. until he sees a rain cloud the size of a man's hand, and then and then he knows the rain's coming. Yeah, but he's not done yet. Then. When that happens, it says, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So now he goes for a run. Yeah. <laughs> a sprint. <laughs> a sprint, right? Um, but, he's, but he's not done yet. And then is when the crash begins. Mm. Because now, he is, now he's done all of this, meetings, right? A sermon. He has... Uh, He's waited all day. Then he's he's done physical labor, and now he's poured out spiritually twice. and And he's had experienced this high of God's victory, right? But but now it's like he's set up for the crash. And it says, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, "So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as one of uh, as the life of one of them, the prophets that he killed." Mm-hmm. by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he rose and ran for his life. So now he goes for another run. Mm-hmm. He runs for his life, uh, goes on this long journey again, and then he leaves his servant behind, goes a day's journey alone into the wilderness, falls down under a, br- a broom tree, and starts asking that he might die. And and so... So we'll we'll pause there because so far we've just covered what led up to his um, burnout. Any yeah. any thoughts or observations in that so far that apply to us? Hmm. I think it's inevitable that there are going to be times like this mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. when things just come back to back to back. And even if it's not ministry focused, you know, I think about uh, 
I mean, if you don't mind me talking about <laughs> your experience no, just ahead. a few yeah. months ago, yeah, what you were talking about, what led to your burnout mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, we're planting a church in mm-hmm. Montpelier, then you go on vacation for a couple weeks in mm-hmm. Georgia, then you come back and we have our uh, family of churches conference. Mm-hmm. We have all these things back to back and you're pouring out for all those and your rhythms aren't set right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and you said that you've been thinking about this since March, like that's where the burnout began. And so I think we can all think about experiences, mm-hmm. seasons, months, maybe a year where we just have everything back to back to back. And sometimes it's unavoidable and we have to be ready for that. So such a good point. And also I think where I see myself make a big mistake that others also probably do is, and I, and I mentioned this to you, to you and to Eric yesterday is when you're in that season, you keep telling yourself, this is just a season and <laughs> yeah. I, I just got to get through this season and, yeah. then, and then I'll, I'll slow it down. Yeah. And then it never happens. Uh-huh. Right. And like, if, if we don't, course correct right when we see that we're in that yeah then we're we're already making the big error that's we know it's going to lead to burnout and we just tell and the and the problem we lie to ourselves and say i just got to finish this season and then i'll slow down Mm -hmm. and and yeah there are situations that are unavoidable but what we can do is on the self-inflicted part, we need to start making adjustments immediately when we see yeah. that the situations that we're in are contributing to burnout. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, I would say all this stuff that Elijah went through was God-ordained. Yeah. Right? It was very crucial ministry that needed to happen for the nation of Israel at that time um, to destroy the prophets of Baal, to help them recognize who God is. Mm-hmm. All these things are important. But even in the middle of that, you know, I'm not going to project what I think Elijah should have done. But as we think about it for our personal experience, we have to recognize um, what's coming, what might Mm -hmm. come at the end of this long season or what might happen in the middle of it because we're so exhausted and and being ruthless about setting up rest and returning to the Lord and being filled up in different ways in the middle of it. And I I think for me, I mean... the worst culprit in my mind is vacation, which sounds so weird. It's like vacation should be the best time of rest, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I just get away from my home. I get away from my normal rhythms. And like, it's been a few days and it's like, I have not prayed. You know, Mm -hmm. I've not sought the Lord. I haven't read anything that's filling up, you know, just because you Mm -hmm. get away and um, just being, just making plans, you know, that will, that will contribute to, helpful rest and, and, um, keeping yourself away from burnout. Yeah. And I like, I like you, you brought back the word ruthless, you know, it is, it does have to be ruthless. Yeah. And, and that's what, um, I guess that originally that quote that John Mark Comer uses in the title of his book, the ruthless elimination of hurry goes back to Dallas Willard. It's a famous Dallas Willard quote that the greatest enemy to spirituality in our day is, is hurry mm-hmm. and that we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry mm-hmm. from our lives. And I think that's probably one of the main things we can do when we know we are in a situation that's God ordained and we, you know, um, we can't do anything about the situation necessarily, but we can change our perspective in it 
and we can and perspective is huge right if if i go into it with the mindset of hurry i'm going to burn out if i go into it with the mindset that god is sovereign he is in control i'm taking my orders from him and i can go at his pace not the one that i feel like you know i have to go it or the the world demands that i go yeah um then i'm much more likely to make it the other side of that situation or that season with you know without burning out yeah well i don't want to leave the people hanging so show us how the lord i know we're getting close to yeah <laughs> we said 20 minutes last week getting close to 30 we're getting close show us how the lord restore restores elijah here so elijah um he's he's depressed he asks that he might die um he's ashamed he says i'm no better than my father so he's he's turned inward right he's physically exhausted mm. so we're seeing what exactly what we talk about it there's a a mental emotional physical spiritual exhaustion that's happened to him he lays down and he sleeps and he sleeps uh we don't even know how long but an angel this is um first kings 19 5 an angel touches him and says to him arise and eat and he looked and behold there is at his head a cake baked on hot stones this is the first angel food cake <laughs> um, <laughs> a cake baked on hot stones <laughs> good. and That's a jar good. of water and he ate and drank and lays down again and falls asleep there's an angel <laughs> there right you, this dude's so tired because if i woke up from a nap and an angel had baked me a cake i'd be like can we chat let's talk <laughs> but he was so tired that he's like i can't even talk i'm going back to sleep and the angel of the Lord came again a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat. So he cooked, he bakes him another cake. He says, for the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. So the first thing that God does before God sits, you know, before God addresses his spiritual exhaustion, before God addresses his sinful fear of, of Jezebel or his depression or his shame. The mm. first thing he does yeah. is address his physical exhaustion. Yeah. And I, I love that because he's going to, after that is when he, he goes into the cave at, um, uh, where, where does he go? Horeb. Mm -hmm. And he, that's where the Lord appears to him, right? He, first there's the the wind and then there's the earthquake and then there's the fire and the Lord wasn't in those things. And the mm -hmm. Lord speaks to him in the still small voice yeah. and he restores him um, because he's still, Elijah's still all up in his head about, I am the only one left. Two more times we hear him say, I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it. He's got his mind on a loop, a feedback loop. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. Right. Yeah. He's been saying that for a long time now. And the Lord is doing a rest, restoration for him. And, and through this encounter with God, he's restored spiritually. Now that he's been restored physically, he can be restored spiritually. And now he's commissioned, he's given new promises, new work to do. You've got three people I want you to go anoint. This king, this king, a new prophet that's going to mm -hmm. take your place. And so there's work for you to do. 
and he and so he's restored. But I just wanted to point out, and and maybe this is where we'll pick up in the next episode, is that God wants to restore us holistically. That yeah. God made us to be both physical beings and spiritual beings, and that He doesn't separate those two, and that He cares about things like sleep and diet, right, and rest. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just think that that's a beautiful thing to see, and it changes the way that we approach um, recovery from burnout. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe a lot of the times we want to get laser-focused on one aspect of this, maybe the spiritual aspect mm-hmm. of burnout. But all these things work together uh, mm-hmm. as the Lord created us. And, um, yeah, like Ben said, we're going to pick up with that. Might look at some other uh, biblical examples, maybe the ministry of Paul, Christ, and mm-hmm. um, just get more into why we might be struggling with this uh, today and how it affects us in our culture. Um, but until then, thanks for the listen. Share if you can. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.